a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very profound. Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this incredibly cool and fun and fucking awesome episode, Ryan Sprague joins us again to talk about his Conscious Cannabis Collective. Absolutely fun and exciting, guys. Located down in the show description. Check it out for sure. Also keeping this very short, all the ways to love on, support, get the extra content for, and all of those things for us is located down in the show description as well. So without any further ado, you know, stick around for you after the episode here if you want to hear more about all the other stuff. But without any further ado, in the meantime, let's get right to this incredibly cool episode with the real Ryan Sprague. Dude, 100%. One of my favorite things to do is get everyone really medicated and then do Nerf gun battles. So like this excavator thing, like, dude, I yeah. am the biggest goofball and inner child galore. <laughs> so like, this is exactly where I parked my car, dude. Like, this is the shit I love to do more than anything. It's just that like, you know, honestly, like most people, like they they hear that and they're like, you're disrespecting the medicine. I'm like, you don't even know what the fucking medicine is, all right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you really think cannabis wants you to be fucking serious? Like, <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, because that's totally what cannabis is associated with, right? Like, it's ultimate seriousness. You know? That's like, what I think of. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think of, uh, you know, textbooks and khakis when I think about cannabis, you know? It's like, the fuck? <laughs> you know? So and fucking to funny, that dude. note, here we are, Ryan Sprague. Yeah. We're doing it again, man. We got you back. You got something amazing going on, so we're going to talk about it, but you're a amazing and that's all i'm interested in but dude you're a <laughs> fucking the dude uh the first time we had john um it was an outstanding time of course because it's just like this it's fun but overwhelming response you freed people from these ridiculous mindsets that they had that were programmed into them and so we're back here with you to empower us even more and so please sir it's good to see you now what's great about uh the return guests is i'm just going to link your first episode down so we can skip intros Perfect. brother what you've been doing what you got what you got on your mind Dude, you know, first, Brandon, I am so excited to dive back down the rabbit hole with you, man. I was telling you before, you know, it's so funny. I got Novocaine today. Uh, so if anyone thinks I'm stroking out, I'm not, I promise. All right. I'm sure it'll start leaving more and more as I start talking. But luckily, my voice is okay. Um, I was only supposed to get one side of my mouth done and they did too. So it's all been a hilarious day. And so, dude, I'm super excited for this because... We just launched, or we're launching rather, the Conscious Cannabis Collective. So we've had 13 groups go through Connect with Cannabis now, and we're always curious, like, guys, how can we make this better? What do you think is missing? You know, because, you know, I think that the entrepreneurial trap is thinking that we need to know all the answers, when in reality, like my job as a coach and also the, the runner of Connect with Cannabis is just to support people and open up and hold the space for them. And so for me, like we had been hearing all these things that our clients have been wanting, and Connect with Cannabis was already so fucking stacked. I mean, someone actually printed out the program recently because they wanted to like read through instead of listen to it. And it was like a three ring binder this thick. Like it's crazy how much I put in there. And there's so much more I want to put in there, right? So new science is coming out all the time. I have like four new ceremonies I'm creating right now. So there's all this stuff. And then we also wanted to do more practice sessions. We wanted to, they wanted to see me host live ceremonies. And so I was like, okay, how do I fit all of this in there? and not make it super overwhelming. And what I realized was that really the thing that everyone was looking for is community. You know, like like why people think they joined something like this in the beginning is very quickly what they realized they didn't join it for, right? Like I always tell everyone, guys, you didn't join this program or anything that I do for information, right? Like we live in an age of information. So if it was just information, you could learn that anyway, right? But why did you really join it? You joined it to discover who and what you truly are and who your soul is guiding you and becoming, right? And so in that process, it takes having people around you that can help you realize you're not going crazy, first of all, and then also be able to bounce ideas off. And so the Conscious Cannabis Collective, man, is gonna be 
absolutely epic. The way we're doing it now is it's a full year of mentorship. You get access to everything we've ever created, right? Connect with cannabis, uh, grow with cannabis, and our new program, Coach with Cannabis, where we're actually, you know, we were doing this before in Connect, but we've expanded it now because now we have the room to. And, uh, and it's so much fun, dude. You know, we say often we have the most fun homework on the internet. And really, at the end of the day, dude, we're going to be having stacked calendars. Like every single week, you're going to have the opportunity to show up to a minimum of seven calls. We're adding more in uh, as we keep this idea evolving. And so you'll have ample time with me, with Alex, my business partner, to practice breath work and yoga and all of these amazing things. We'll be having guest presenters come in. Jason Picard is going to be one of them teaching wealth dynamics. Jason, Dr. Jason Gansu talking about mineral balance in the body, which is super big. I'm doing it right now. We're going to be having my buddy Christopher August and I host a Breathe With Cannabis workshop every single month in there that anyone in there will get free access to. This will be a three-hour ceremony seeing exactly how I do it. We'll have ample opportunities for people to practice their coaching skills on each other and just have a fucking blast. We're going to be doing in-person retreats and everything that only people in the collective will have access to. And so, man, it's super exciting, man. Like I got to pinch myself most days to make sure I'm not dreaming. And this is like really the culmination of everything coming together over the past three years of us listening and fine tuning. And I'm just fucking smitten, dude. I'm so excited about it. It's, I, I am too. I mean, this is this is one of those <laughs> things as someone who's been connecting for quite a while that it's we've come a long way from needing to like pick up a dude and take him to his girlfriend's house, you know, to what we're doing now with this. It's just so fascinating. And I love this time. This is the greatest time to be alive. And you're part of the reason I feel this way uh, for many reasons, but also especially your work. So uh, what is one of the things that motivated you into undertaking this particular project in general? Because this is mm. pretty specific, but it's also wide ranging. Do you, yes. Did you feel that there just wasn't a, a facilitation of it out there? I mean, and, and so you're there to create. And so you did. Is it? Yes, kind of where 100 percent. Absolutely. And so like what I found is that in the Connect with Cannabis program, we were certifying people. Right. And they wanted continuing professional development. And we wanted to be able to give that to them because we're creating this together. Right. Like This is a very new thing. It's not new, but it's a new remembering, if you will. Right. Indigenous cultures have been connecting with cannabis in this way for a very long time. And what we realized was really, again, like why people join the program is because they want to connect with cannabis as a spiritual aid and ally to then open up their entire life, right? It's not just like I tell everyone on discovery calls, I go, you don't have a cannabis dependency problem. The result of your problem is cannabis dependency, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, we can help you cut back on cannabis, but if we don't actually address the root cause, really all we're doing is allowing your addiction or dependency to hop onto something else, right? Maybe it becomes nicotine or pornography or bad food or even something healthy like exercise, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, we want to be able to really open up this container to be like, okay, what downloads and ideas are you getting from cannabis? And now how can we help you stay accountable with all of that? And that's a big reason why we're having Jason McCart in there with Wealth Dynamics, because a lot of people are looking to illuminate what subconscious programming they have within them. And so he does a lot of that stuff as well. And so really being able to open up the cornucopia that is conscious cannabis, because again, cannabis is not the moon or sun. It's the finger that can point us back to the moon or sun if we become disoriented. And the moon or sun being our true self, right? Our higher self, our soul, these parts of us that are infinite, right? Like a lot of things that have really like, been a psychedelic experience for me just in thinking about is that my soul was alive before I ever incarnated into a physical body. So why am I here? Why am I here right now? Who am I truly? Where do I come from? Where am I going? What is my purpose? You know, these are the things that we want to really be able to expand on in this program. And cannabis can be an incredible tool to tap us deeper into that. But again, cannabis isn't the moon or sun, right? There needs to be some type of support system to allow people, to, depending on what downloads they get, to be able to actually put them into place and make them practical in the 3D realm, right? But also remembering that they're much deeper than just their 3D identity. Yes, it's like when folks uh, really started looking at psilocybin mushrooms as for this purpose, for PTSD purposes, for all of these things. They realize that it's way more than just seeing pretty colors and shit. Yeah, it's that too. But there's <laughs> yeah. so many deep levels to these things that you can really discover and pull out when you when you intentionally do so. Fascinating endeavor, dude. Absolutely. So uh, what is the connect with part of this connecting with cannabis all about? Yeah. So connect with cannabis is really the whole spiritual and shamanic side of cannabis. So really, we have three different main quests within this program, right? Or within this collective, we have connect with cannabis, which is mastering your relationship, 
to the plant, opening up the psychedelic properties of it and being able to really connect with it as an entity, right? Seeing it as this teacher in your life, right? Rather than just something you use to numb out that's an inert substance, it's dead, right? Now we're bringing life to it, right? We're actually starting to gain the teachings that indigenous cultures, again, have been tapping into for thousands upon thousands of years. Chris Bennett, right? He's a cannabis historian. He has a great book that's right behind me that's called uh, Lieber 420, Cannabis, Magical Herbs, and the Occult. And he has tracked cannabis back alongside human evolution for at least 10,000 years, right? So if you figure that, how many spiritual practices, religions, things like that are not even nearly that old, right? And so to completely ignore this whole area of cannabis is very naive, as I think, right? And so connect with cannabis is going to really allow you to tap into that. And then from there, you want to give this back to other people, because like Gandhi says, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. So a lot of our clients, they're most concerned with being able to actually replicate this and be able to go make it their own. And so we give you all the frameworks, the ceremonies, all the coaching support, everything like that to be able to do that in the Coach with Cannabis program. And the final component of this brand, and it's the most important that we were talking about, is that if you're not cultivating your own medicine or at least able to find high quality medicine, you're never going to be able to tap into the full power of the plant. Basically, because let's use like meat as an analogy, right? If you want to eat meat and you're a meat eater, are you going to eat factory farm meat? Most people go, well, no, I would never do that. Well, why? Well, it's full of stress and hormones and it wasn't raised right and it was traumatized. And so therefore we're interacting with that energy. Well, plants are the same way, right? And so being able to cultivate your own medicine really allows you to not only have the highest quality medicine available, but it deepens your relationship to the plant because you're putting your labor and love into that plant each and every day. Your energy going in there truly matters too. So that's why I call this part of the program grow with cannabis, not just grow cannabis. So every single week in this part of the collective, we're having people go through energy practices, check in, be able to understand what their energy system is like before they go into their cultivation space. We also give them amazing wisdom and contemplation practices, just very out there type things to consider that maybe they haven't stopped to consider before. And really the whole idea of what cannabis does in my mind is be able to create space in your life. Because at the end of the day, we're not, we weren't born to work a job. Right. Like the idea of a job was only invented in around 1900 when Rockefeller needed people to work in his factories. Right. And so like this idea that like, oh, we're here to work a job. We're here to essentially be I, I, I over and over. Like, yes, there is a component of life that is that. But if that's all life is, we will distract ourselves with cycles of pleasure, whether it be cannabis, alcohol, nicotine, pornography, et cetera, because we all know deep down that's not the reason we're here. We're not here to live 100 years, hopefully, and just work our life away, retire at 65 and do those things. And a lot of people are waking up to that. But again, where do you go from there? Right. You need support. And that's why we're creating this container, because, again, you know, even for me, this is why I'm still a masterminds. I still train with coaches. I still do things that my heart leads me to, because, again, like what I tell everyone is if you get magnetized to something like if someone watches this and they go, oh, my God, yes. Right. They might not know why. But if you can follow and have the courage to follow that cue, you're going to get led directly to the people, places and things that are appropriate and right for you at that particular time. And that's why we're creating this is because we're finding so many people are reaching out. And the way we had to connect with cannabis before, it was small group, intimate, et cetera, but it couldn't really scale. And we're having so many people interested that we really want to be able to create this fucking awesome community of people that, again, that's how I met my business partner. I was going around to different retreats, doing programs. So I met so many of my friends. My favorite part in Connect with Cannabis, the way we were running it, was having people say, oh my God, I met my new best friend in here, right? They're still hanging out months after the program is over, but we never want the party to stop. You know, We never want this to end. And so we really want to bring everyone together, have these in-person experiences, allow people to continue making it their own. Like I always say with everything we do, it's much more cooking than baking. So I'm there to provide the foundation of what I believe really works and what has worked in the last 13 groups. And then from there, you can build on that foundation and make it your own because I never want anyone to think, oh, I have to do it exactly Ryan's way because my way is not going to be in, in uh, able to put your magic into it, right? Like, you know, everyone's unique magic really matters in anything in life, you know? And so I've created a great foundational framework from which anyone can put their own unique magic into and be able to serve people at the highest degree of what gives them joy, love, and gratitude. Because whatever moves you closer to those three states, that's what you want to follow, at least in my opinion. Dude. 
Yeah, and it, it is. It's you know you're cooking more than baking. I love this. Uh, you measure measuring measuring with your heart, honey. You know, mm-hmm. and to what you said about Rockefeller, man, you're absolutely right. That famous quote we use quite a bit here uh, from him was around that same time when the we were yanking folks out of the fields and getting them off of the natural order of things and wanting workers. He's I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh. And at first that may have sounded good, but then we get to the point after that for a little bit to where everything is suppressed and especially down to the core and designed to squash you, the very core of you and rinse you out and squeeze whatever's left into a box that's miserable that then they can do all sorts of other things too. But I, I want to uh, ask you about this actually. So I view this as sort of a um, the whole Rockefeller era, the whole squash down of the last hundred and whatever years. I view it as something that was deliberately to motivate us into something greater. And especially mm. with the suppression of cannabis, especially with the psychedelic movement in the 60s sort of peeking into where we're kind of, because they were having us as kids, right? And so now mm. we're the ones sitting here talking about this. <laughs> and so it seems like it was deliberately squashed, but it... Like Pat and I and you, we don't see a bad guy, right? So yes. do you think that that was done on purpose, perhaps, to springboard us into where we are? Do you have any more fun woo-woo theories about it? or? Yeah, you know, so I think there's a lot of different possibilities. And I recently interviewed a gentleman named Robert Forte, who put another like side quest into this. This guy's amazing. I'll definitely connect you with him. So he was friends with Alexander Shulgin, Timothy Leary, um, you know, Terrence and Dennis McKenna, um, you know, you name it, right? He was friends with them and Stanislav Grov, right? And he was at Esalen during this time and everything. And he believes that not only was this entire thing squashed, right? Like psychedelics, these kind of things, but also it actually was never really squashed. And part of MK Ultra was actually them pumping this psychedelic um propaganda, but also not propaganda, but like support as well into the mainstream. But again, putting it in there is like, hey, these these drugs are dumb. Don't do them. Right. So so essentially they're saying don't do them, which will make people want to do them. But what are they? They're dumb. This is your brain on drugs, et cetera. So they're almost just like in a brave new world from Aldous Huxley talking about how like this Soma uh, drug in a brave new world was put here so that essentially whatever they choose to do that's kind of fucked up and nefarious, they can just dose us with these psychedelics and these kind of things and allow us to numb out. But that's not the fault of these plants, as I believe in what Robert believes as well. It's just a fault of like, you know, us not really understanding their prerogative. Now, again, does this make them bad? I don't think so. Right. Because same as you, I don't like to look at things as if they're bad or good, because in order to come with love, you can't then spread hate. Right. And this is where a lot of people, I think, get confused. And a lot of people say, well, down with the government and down, whatever. Fuck those guys. Right. But at the end of the day, like that's not coming from love. And the only way to truly know yourself is by expressing love and being love, right? Because that is the governing force of the universe. And so being able to see everything is happening for us, right? Like, wow, thank goodness all of that happened because maybe it wasn't the right time for all of this to happen. And if you follow what happened in 2012 and, you know, the age of Aquarius and all of these things happening, we are now starting to level up our consciousness and be able to see these things and not create a pickaxe. Let's go, you know, get back at everyone, right? Like, you know, again, that kind of consciousness is now lifting. It's obviously still there, but there's more light on the planet than ever. And when there's more light, you're going to start noticing all of the things that are out of alignment first, right? And I think that's where a lot of people get this whole love and light thing confused, is that light is the masculine component of the yin and yang that is love and light. So it's not going to necessarily be as loving as love, right? It's going to be a little more brash. But at the same time, it's just the yang side of that. And so being able to really tap into that and see like, no, things aren't worse than ever right now. It's just that we're more up-leveled in consciousness as a collective than ever. And we're starting to notice how out of alignment so many of these things are. And so I'm with you. I think that, you know, everything that happened with the psychedelic movements that have passed, I think was required to happen in order for us to get here now. Because if you look at the 60s and I asked Robert about this, like, why did that movement never take off? He goes, well, because essentially people started mistaking the drugs, right? And these substances and these medicines as the moon or sun. And they forgot they needed to actually do the work side of it to integrate it. And what happened as a result is over time, they got sucked right back into the matrix, right? And now a lot of those people became the people that were now in suit and ties saying, just say no. And so it's very interesting, man, but I'm with you on it. You know, I I see no bad guy here. I see no good guy either. I just see things happening. And I think the ultimate muscle that all of us must develop while we're here is discernment, right? Because again, 
I'm not here to tell anyone that cannabis is the thing, right? Everyone needs to use cannabis. That's completely false. But I am here to say that if you can discern for yourself, and this is a lot of what we teach in the program too, if you can discern for yourself, if cannabis is a medicine that can help you in your life and you can balance the great responsibility that comes with the great power of the plant, then you can really open up and go down a river that leads to the same sea that many other rivers lead to. But if this is your particular river, that's the kind of people we want in this collective. Because again, you know, there's so many different ways in which to reach the same goal, but cannabis is one that has been often ostracized, even in the psychedelic community. And just thought about as this like dumb substance that makes you sit on the couch all day, when in reality, like just that example alone is people being lazy and then them using cannabis as a scapegoat to tell the world, oh, cannabis made me lazy, right? And how you do anything is how you do everything. So when you live that kind of life and you're willing to scapegoat your shortcomings onto a plant, you're going to do that in every aspect of your life. And that's a very disempowering way to live, as I've found, you know? A hundred percent. And and being with these opposing sides of it, you know, and even viewing them that way, let's say, for instance, that the psychedelic movement launched exactly like it was supposed to. It was taken advantage of and then therefore didn't yield the results we value today. We're at least let me put it this way. We at least have the awareness that what we're doing now versus what they did. But again, you know, with this, like I'm glass half full, dude, um, it's it, it was how I've found is just like uh, Edison, one of the quotes I use from him all the time, not the let's kill elephants in public thing to prove Tesla <laughs> wrong. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he quoted that. He was saying it while jerking off or something. Anyway, uh, he, but he said he didn't fail a thousand times at making a light bulb, right? He found a thousand ways not to do it. And so you kind of inject exactly. the the opportunity to induce feedback, which is what I see failure as. What a lot of folks, uh, successful people especially see fa uh, failure as is feedback, Right. And so that gave us a lot of feedback. It gave us a lot of resonance. And what's even better to this is it happened on this generation because big picture is where I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, all this should happen. Then this occurred. And then my mom and dads were the ones that should have been doing that that weren't. And then they were in a position to have me told me all about how horrible it was because of the experience that they had, which was then in my mind, perhaps the real outcome anyway. And that at least affects the outcome of where we are now. It played its role perfectly by being a shitty mm -hmm. experience for a lot of people. But what mm -hmm. it did also was inject people like Jim Henson into the mix and like these real amazing creators that were doing these trippy things that I was raised on. Folks like me, uh, Louisa Firethorn, you, we were raised on these amazingly imaginative creations from the folks that were doing that stuff that mm. now we have a completely separate and empowered view of it. It's just an interesting, uh, you know, if you follow it back, it's just fascinating to look at it that way. Absolutely. And I think that, again, it would be naive to think that, like, for instance, you know, does should someone believe I'm careful to should on people, but let's just use the word because for lack of a better term, but like, should people think that cannabis psychedelics are fully safe, they can do as many of them as they want, and there's no risk, right? No, right? Because again, it's not necessarily the, the medicine substance, however you choose to view these things, it's not their fault. But we also are very complex beings with a subconscious and trauma and all of these things. And if we didn't know what the example was of going too far and what the potential pitfalls were, we wouldn't truly be able to understand the benefits. And so, again, like looking at the law of polarity, right? Like we've seen people go all the way in. Oh, my God, they're all good. There's no bad. Then we've seen the side of like, just say no, the dare movement, everything. And now our generation is being able to go, well, what if it's the middle way, right? Yes. What if awareness is the name of the game, right? What if discipline, discernment, these things mixed with these types of ceremonies done intentionally can create an entire psychedelic life? Because I think that's the idea, right? When you look at a kid, and again, I'm not religious, but I know a good line when I hear it. And the Bible states, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must first enter the mind of a child. Have you ever watched like a two or three year old just running around? It's like watching someone come very slowly out of a DMT trip over the course of like six years, right? Until the ego forms. It's literally that, right? And so again, we all still have that within us, you know? And so again, is it about going back? No, it's a comeback, not a go back, right? It's about being able to do awesome stuff like drive cool cars and go on trips and hike and mountain bike and do all these amazing things while still remembering the essence of being a child that remembers before they were actually in the 3D realm, right? Believe, remembering that infiniteness within us, remembering that freedom is something that comes internally. Everything starts internally, right? Like the law of correspondence states, as within, so without. How many people right now, including myself for many years, 
we're looking to the external world to find states of joy, love, gratitude, fulfillment, success, any of these things. When in reality, when you meet truly successful people, it actually doesn't matter how much money they have in their bank account. It doesn't matter really any of these things so long as they feel successful and loving and joyous inside first. And I think that's what needed to happen, right? The same way it happened with food, the same way it happened with exercise, right? We needed the 70s and 80s of, hey, what happens if we just take all these steroids and we get as big as possible, right? It's like, well, if you have an itch on your back, you're probably going to be screwed, right? Yeah, so again, gotta, it's like- have somebody come wipe, you know, what are you doing yeah, there? What exactly. are we doing? It's about the time that little claw thing came out, right? It was about the same yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Coincidence. I think not. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. We so pick our like, weeds with it. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, I see, I choose to see everything happening for me. And whenever I talk about this stuff online, and I'm sure you're similar, there's always one guy, where's the science, right? And that's someone who in my perspective, because I used to be one of these people that was like, show me the evidence, Right. In reality, quantum physics has proven that we do not live in an objective reality. So there really is no objective truth to anything. And I think that's why people like that are like, show me a study, because they need something to remind them externally that there's some type of structure and meaning and all of these things, because deep down, they're really fucking scared that there might be nothing because they have yet to tap into who and what they truly are as pure love, as God having a human experience, right? These kind of things that, again, we can read intellectually. And in the modern day and age, the analogy I give is that intellectually, it's like we all skipped leg day. We're all fucking roided out, right? Upper body, but we got chicken legs. They can barely get up and down the stairs. The legs in the system being spiritual development, uh, heart development, you know, um, being able to understand your true self and these kind of things that, again, the funny thing is in the modern day and age, people are like, Oh, astrology, these kind of things, they're bullshit. I'm like, okay, so you think that in your 50 to 100 years here, you've figured out that the last 10 to 12,000 years of recorded history where everyone's talking about similar things, they're all completely wrong and you figured it out. Now, do I say that everything they talk about is right? I have no idea, but I also look at trends. And if for 12,000 years plus, there's been a certain trend that you are more powerful than you are, that you have a deeper nature, regardless how it's said, I'm not going to throw that out just because I might not believe in the way in which it was said, you know, and quantum physics says the same thing, really, like the whole wave and particle and slit experiment, like, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it happen? No, actually, it doesn't, which is a fucking mind bender, you know, and so again, like, you know, even science now is catching up to it. And so it's really interesting. But, you know, I choose to believe everything happens for me, because living my life in that way has led me to great fruits and amazing, amazing connections in my life incredible synchronicities that I really have no explanation for. And I don't care to, because I would never care and never want to open my Christmas presents before Christmas morning, man. Like mystery is actually paradoxically what true living is based on, right? Like if you knew every single thing that was going to happen to you, would there be even a point to living, right? Like there wouldn't. And so I think that a lot of the people that are trying to find evidence for everything They've yet to really embody the fact that like, dude, if you really think about it, the times in your life that are the most amazing and awe inspiring are the times that something happened that you didn't know was going to happen. And of course, challenging things can happen in that way, too. But just because challenging things can happen in that respect does not mean you should throw out the opportunity for the best possible things in the world to happen as a result of that mystery as well. Dude. Fuck. 100%. Hundred percent. I love having you on. We just need to do a sideshow where you and I just yes and each other the whole time. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about too. This is the next point yeah. is that it seems to me that this either or concept, this uh, scientific method and scientism, science with a dollar sign, as Louisa calls it. I love that. Uh, yes. Th- this whole thing is predicated on going completely against subjective reality, which is really the basis of everything, which is why it's so apprehensible. It's fascinating because these non-repeatable type phenomena that. People say, oh, you must this or you must that. But then a cop will say, they'll say, oh, how did you uh, know that that person was in that building or whatever? I had a gut feeling and then save this thing. But that wouldn't stand up in a court of law. It's like and it's demonized and gaslit. So it's interesting. These things that we all will experience. We do experience if we're honest enough with each other to be able to talk about them, which is spaces that you and I create. And it's also what cannabis can do for you with this. It's so empowering because it quiets the noise. And for me, I've been um, connecting with cannabis for well over 20 years. And it's been, well, I I took a nine and a half year break in the middle of it, actually. And Mm. then just recently, two years ago, quit drinking and then 
found Mary again, and I absolutely yes. adore her. She and I have a phenomenal relationship. <laughs> and really what it did for me was it took out this idea of this. Uh, well, first of all, it shows me, it showed me, especially um, once I pass a record, which it's never not been recreational. I consider it fun to work on myself. So even though it's uh -huh. difficult, I'm smiling through it. When we were doing oh, the yeah. uh, breath work in um, Contact at the Can with Brandon Powell, who we both know, and your mm -hmm. buddy Mark knows really well. And we were doing this thing. And what it does is you're holding your breath for two minutes by the end of this thing. And you can feel your soul rocking on the inside of your body, dude, as you're holding your breath. You get these like clam hands and all this shit, dude. Anyway, what, I'm, <laughs> what I mean to say with this is like you it's it's all this mental aspect of this and this idea of the just being grounded, being present with yourself. It has a smile component to it. So Brandon would say this to us as you're like fading off into the black and you think you're going to die or whatever. You didn't phrase it this way. <laughs> That's how I phrase it. It was an incredible experience. Then you smile. And when you smile, mm -hmm. you show your parasympathetic nervous system that it's okay and that you're having a good time. This is why people, in, uh, when we did the cold plunge thing, he looked at me and he smiled because it gives you a sense of, oh, well, if he's not freaking out, I'm not freaking out. Your body feels the same exact way with this shit. If, he, if you're smiling, no matter what you're working on or healing from, then it's, it's an experience I've found. And especially I just recently had this experience to connect it to that if you smile through it and dance through this shit, you know, yeah, it's work, but it doesn't have to suck. You know, that's subjective. It's absolutely because both experiences exist. You know, you can at least be proud as you're going through the suck if you choose to view it that way, that it's helping you and, and at least shine the light on that, that at least, you know, it's I'm doing something awesome for myself. You know what I mean? But it's this idea of either or that's being apprehended right now. And that's what's crumbling down. What we're discovering is either or is only okay if you do another comma and then have another or at the end of it, because there are many different options here. And it's been such a fascinating, uh, interesting thing to look at. And so with this, this is where we're being empowered with our connecting with cannabis and folks like you out here empowering us even more, which makes more of a demand for it because it's empowering to empower one another. And it's it's amazing. And it, that's what the new addiction is, is freeing yourself from all the bullshit, man. Dude, a hundred percent. Two things popped up to me, right? Like I think that the challenge and why everyone's trying to go either or and create objectivity is because they're essentially using the mind, which can be a great tool to be able to remember how to pick a cup up, drive a car, <laughs> you know, do math, et cetera. It's a great tool. But again, if you're using a hammer to try to put up drywall, is it the hammer's fault that there's now holes in the drywall or was it just the wrong tool? Right. And so again, like when you talk about gut feelings and these kind of things, like there are certain things about life when it comes to meaning, purpose, who am I, that the mind is never going to be able to be the right tool for. And people are just so unaware that anything else exists. I was this way too, right? I imagine you were at a certain point, right? This, this is why The Matrix, I really believe, is a documentary, right? It's the first movie that ever ended up a documentary after, right? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, right, like, what is The Matrix really talking to? Of course, yes, it's a sci-fi sci fiction movie, right? Or a sci-fi movie. But at the end of the day, there's a meaning there, right? What is it speaking to? It's speaking to the idea that we don't know what we don't know. And what we don't know is that we'll actually never know anything, right? But we'll feel into what is right for us subjectively if we can get past just the 3D operating brain, right? And also specifically the left brain itself, which again, I'm not saying it doesn't have a place, but it's almost being used as if that's the only tool you need to navigate all of life. And the other thing too is that when I talk to people about this who are very like science, by the book, et cetera, I go, okay, cool. Um, hey, do you have two people in your life that you love? Do you have at least one person in your life that you love? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, cool. How many units of love do you have for them? And they're like, well, I can't measure it. It's like, well, you still know it exists, right? And that usually gets them to at least go, okay, I at least see what you're saying, right? I'm like, okay, cool. If you love two people, how many units of love do you have for one versus the other, right? Your kids versus your spouse. It's like, well, it's different. Well, can you measure it? No, but it still exists, right? But it might not, might not be the same for you as it is for me. Okay, that's a perfect rendition of how subjectivity is actually how life is led. And then with regards to a lot of the things you've been talking to, it's really like when it comes to healing, for instance, right? One of the core tenets of everything I do in the Conscious Cannabis Collective and what Connect with Cannabis was in the past is that healing, we believe healing can be light, it can be fun, it can be the best part of our day. Hey, it can also be challenging. But we're open to healing, looking and feeling however it decides to manifest, because whatever stories we're telling ourselves, which are usually unconscious, right? I'll repeat that. Most stories we're telling ourselves are usually unconscious and they're running our lives. 
And so if someone believes that healing has to be heavy, guess what? Abracadabra. Mm-hmm. And with, with your word, you create, right? This is all Mark stuff right here. This is exactly what Mark talks about. So again, Aramaic and Sanskrit, these were languages that really understood and empowered people that be careful with what you speak, right? Be careful even with what you think. That's part of the reason I believe we're in this 3D, very dense matrix is because we're learning how to be very intentional with our words, with our actions, with our thoughts, et cetera. Because if we were in a higher density and all of a sudden we had negative thoughts, it would be a big zoinks, right? Like as Shaggy would say, you know, and so like we wouldn't want, you know, three headed monsters and all of these things starting to appear. And so I think a lot of the reason we're here based on what I choose to believe, which anyone can take and throw out if they want to. But I think one of the reasons we're here is to really hone the skill of being very intentional, being very present. And the challenging component in the modern day world is that those are not things that you can cultivate with no space in your life. Now, think about how many distractions. Yeah. Think about how many distractions are going on in the world right now. Right. And a lot of them, like, again, technology is great. I'm not saying let's go back to living in caves, but with great power comes great responsibility. And we have a great amount of power on the earth right now with technology and all these things. And I don't think we really know as a collective how how irresponsible we're being with it. And that's why, again, like you look at what's that movie, The Social Dilemma. I think that was the documentary, Um, you know, all of these types of, you know, films that are really showing like what these things are truly doing to us. And at the end of the day, like we met through technology, right? So like, again, there's no doubt that there's amazing parts to this, but also how many people listening right now, and this is also a call to myself, have space on their calendar to just hang out, not to like, I'm going to go see what I can fill the space in with, but to like literally sit in a hammock and just stare into the tree above you, right? Like, you know, that's the main thing that is my goal for this year, efficiency and space. And they're really just two in the same, you know? And I think that, you know, most of the people I chat with about connect with cannabis and everything we're doing at the collective, they're finding that they're interacting with cannabis more when they're less busy, right? So they're actually filling their calendar in because they're finding the only time I can't smoke cannabis all day is when I have a super packed schedule. Why? Because again, cannabis is not the issue. You're, you're scared of what happens when you have nothing to do, when you're not who you are professionally, when you're not a husband or wife, when you're not a father or mother, right? That's when really you can start asking yourself, like, who am I behind all of these masks? Right. And again, I don't think there's one answer. I think it's something that we all get to come to ourselves, but I think at least for me, that's been very scary. And I've had to really hone that muscle of being able to be comfortable being with myself in silence. But I think that's, again, one of the reasons that so many people have learned to numb out with these things, because again, they're just coping strategies. Let's call them what they are, you know? But again, the same thing that was a coping strategy can become something that can actually connect you deeper to yourself. And that is exactly what we teach. You know, it's kind of like if you grew up going on Tinder and having casual sex, does that mean you're never going to be able to have intimate sex? Of course not. Right. So why does it change with cannabis? Right. Or even alcohol. Right. Like, you know, again, like I don't like to think of anything as good or bad. Right. So if you're someone and I'm not recommending anyone who's an alcoholic, take this as permission to go out and be like, oh, Ryan said I can have wine again. Right. But again, like for me, I'm not a drinker, but every once in a great while, someone will have an amazing dry wine or something. They'll pour me a glass. I'll usually take like a sip and then I'll be like, I'm good. Right now again, like, is that necessarily a coping strategy? No, because in that respect, I'm doing it to connect deeper. Now, if I decided to go home when I'm alone, start pouring myself wine every night. Okay. Then I'd have to start looking at that. And some of the hardest things I've found in life are to tell ourselves the truth. When I discovered I was using cannabis unconsciously, it was fucking hard. Right. But luckily in that experience, I was actually on MDMA. And so very similar to how PTSD has helped with MDMA. I was able to look at it. It's like, oh my God, I now have all this power to take my power back. Right. And so for a lot of people, anyone listening, like I realize this stuff is not easy, but it can be simple. And that's what we've mastered with the conscious cannabis collective is keeping it simple, keeping you held accountable and having a fucking fun community where healing can be light. It can be playful. It can be awesome. I was telling you before we hit record, one of my favorite things to do at retreats is as soon as we've gone through some of the, you know, healing and things like that. And I start to notice people getting a little bit into that mentality of like, okay, I got to keep healing. I just pattern interrupt everyone by laying out like 20 or however many people are there, 20 Nerf guns. And I'm like, all right, 
Let's connect with some cannabis and go let our inner children out and go run around and shoot each other. And yes. that is so healing, especially for men, right? Like, you know, women, I'm sure have their own healing when it comes to Nerf guns, but men like running around, like you're a kid playing manhunt or whatever, like that is just awesome, you know? Absolutely. And so again, you know, it, life can be however you choose for it to be, but make sure that you're the one actually choosing it and it's not being chosen for you because typically the people that will choose it for you do not have your best interests at heart. And this is why uh, your first time on the show did so great. And this is why folks reach out to me saying, oh, my God, that dude, more of that. It's a vibe <laughs> thing. And folks can feel the altruism in you because, again, you're all about empowerment. You're not selling people some are saying, hey, here's how you have to do this. Here's here's yeah. my experience. I'd like to empower you with the same. And it ends there. Now, it can go as far and deep as you'd like there, but it absolutely ends there as far as an obligation goes. It's the only obligation you ever have are to yourself. And folks like you and I realize this. We can't do it for you. We can only show you the door. I can't have you, you know, you're the one that's got to walk through it, right? So to that, actually, I wanted to jump into a matrix theory with you. So uh, do you want to do that real quick? Dude, let's I send know, it. Sounds fun, right? <laughs> okay, so there's this thing I was talking about. I had Dr. Doug Matsky out here um, this past weekend and um, amazing dude. We set up the satellite thing. I've got to show you this. We went live a couple of times on Instagram, I'm but sick. now we're pulsing a wish unit, which is what this thing is here. Linked dude. below, guys. Check this out. Coherent Spaces, uh, this quantum physics Dude uh, made this thing with four other creators. Uh, one of them has a show on Gaia, Susan. She's fascinating. Anyway, this whole thing is absolutely incredible. And we put one in the satellite dish out here. So we like ran to the store to get uh, bolts for this thing. You know, and into town for us is about 20 minutes away. So we go up to the Home Depot and I'm with this physicist guy. And also I drive a certain way. So he's telling me how many car lengths I should be away from the car. And then we talked about pressure <laughs> and trust and all of these things. And, and it was, everything was wonderful. But one of the conversations we get into and all of these, right. So you can picture, you know, me and this 70 uh, year old quantum physicist who co-wrote a book with Dr. William Tiller was funded a million dollars by the government to work on AI for Texas instruments. And then me, wow. and I'm sitting here and we're just having an awesome time. And we get to this point in the conversation and he talks about, <laughs> this is this dude, he talks about the inefficient efficiency of using the human body as a power source. And he said that was what lost him in Matrix. He was like, everything else was really cool. But what lost me, you know, kind of is the inefficiency and that it wouldn't do that. Machines wouldn't be that dumb. And so I was laughing about it. And so we started talking about this. So I have a theory about this that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Perhaps uh, the environment in which Neo wakes up in is a massive spaceship. Let's say a planet-sized spaceship, perhaps taking them to colonize somewhere. And so everyone there were colonists, right? They weren't enslaved, but to ship them that far and in that way and with this way, the, what they actually figured out perhaps is a more efficient way of, if you think about like the movies like Alien or anything like that, where they're in these cryopods to go in these long distances, then you know it's a power sucking endeavor from that ship just to keep this thing alive. But if it can draw a little from you, little quid pro keep you alive, bro, then maybe it does that, right? And maybe this is a way that temporarily it happens, but then they put you in a matrix type state so your mind stays active. You know, and maybe mm. it's full of challenges and all these things. So it makes it a little less nefarious, right? It, it, it's kind of just a theory and I want to know what you think. But then to this, then you scale up the levels of it. So one could say that the reality they're in when in the matrix is a digital one, but they think it's organic. Then you could say that what we're led to believe is he wakes up into an organic environment to where he knows now that that was all digital and simulated. Then whenever he looks at the, uh, spoiler alert, guys, the last movie, when he's looking at the this movie's been out for like 20 something years, yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> he looks at the machines, but they have a glow to them, like an aura. Mm -hmm. They're machines, but with an aura, which deems sentience, right? And so mm -hmm. then you could say that they graduated from, they merge the two. You go from digital to organic to then digitally organic and sentient, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think about this theory? It's a, it's an interesting thing. So Dr. Duck thinks it's inefficient to, for bodies that way. And that's what I was led to think about. What do you think? I mean, dude, it makes perfect sense on the basis that I've seen something similar to what you're talking about with your device behind you. And it might actually be from the same company. My buddy Taylor had this like, it was like this. Uh, yeah, I think it might be from the same. Like, do they have this metal thing that you can put together and you can put things inside of it? Do they have um, one of those? No, um, but this thing does come with this 3D printed stand. That's their emblem, which is pretty cool. And actually, you oh, guys can just sick. print out the emblem and stick it in your house and you receive this because this is going out with all of our shows now. So it's here balancing the energy with this and it goes out on the recording. It's dude, amazing, dude. It's, 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 it's so fun. And if you think about it, right, like Dr. Ibrahim Karim, the founder of Biogeometry, I'll grab it so you can see it, yeah. right? He has this device right here, the cube, which I'll try oh. to get into the camera so people can see it. That's so what I saw on DMT. Holy shit, yeah. dude. Dude. Hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on. Yeah. 
So uh, this right here is it's got certain numerical values in there, like 16, for instance, for some reason, always attributes BG3. Now, what is BG3? If you look at a gigantic or if not gigantic, if you look at a circle, right? Well, like you have the 12 bands of energy that are external. And this is what the French radiastesiologists, uh, radiastesists, yeah, radiastesists had figured out in like the 17th and 18th centuries, right? And then their work kind of died out, you know, dowsing kind of died out, these kind of things. What Ibrahim discovered is the centering harmonizing energy at the, at the middle of the circle. He found three bands of energy that he calls BG3. Now, another way to say that is the energy of source, right? The mystery school talks about that as NSOF, right? And so like there's many different ways to talk about the same thing. So the unified field is very similar to that, right? It's like what Tesla was tapping into and these kind of people that tapped into this energetic current that was able to come have all power, right? And so why wouldn't, like that is a very interesting theory about the matrix because why would they go on the energetic system of a human when they could tap into something like the unified field and have unlimited energy, right? Like I think that part of the movie was kind of just to make us go, oh my God, like mm -hmm. and scare us, right? But at the same time, you know, I think that that's a very good theory because if someone was truly that smart, like do you think that aliens would come here to harvest humans for their energy? No, no, they wouldn't because they're so tapped in. The fact that they can travel through black holes and all of these kind of things, allegedly, I don't know, but this is what I've heard. You know, the fact they can do all that shows that like we are extremely primitive to them, right? And so like, why wouldn't they be tapping into things like BG3 or the unified field or whatever you choose to call it? So yeah, that, that theory definitely has legs to it. Dude, and it's one of those things that it because it exists and because he brought it up as an inefficiency, I'm th sitting here thinking, hang on, they were so in incredibly intelligent in every other part of this. Like, could that have been that big of a, well, Hollywood needs something to fill the gap here? It seemed incredibly deliberate. All, all The whole premise was based on that they were using us for electricity or power because they mm. had the copper top. They kept referring to it, you know, and they call them copper top and shit like that. It, mm. it kept being brought up, which is why it was interesting as well. And then his his understanding of the quantum field in his mind and the way it works his just passing remark of like, ah, that'd be inefficient. That that's not right. You know what I mean? But then it, then it got me thinking to, well, what he, why he's saying that is because of the model we're presented, but what if there's something deeper to the model that we're presented, which is what that gave us a clue to, you know, sort of like missing yes. time phenomena. It gives you a hint that something amazing occurred so you can investigate further. It's not going to give you the answer. Yeah. And potentially like, and I don't know, maybe it'll come to me in the moment, but maybe it was a metaphor, right? Like maybe they said you're using, they're using humans for energy, right? Because that's very literal, very left brain with society being very left brain, they would understand that. But what if it was actually like a, a metaphor or an analogy to speak about how like, for instance, maybe they're robbing us of energy, right? And when I say they, I don't mean bad guys or whatever, but people that are maybe intelligent enough to understand this, are robbing us of energy in different ways. Like maybe this is actually an analogy for what happens in the 3D realm, right? They're putting it into a sci-fi movie as if like, you know, aliens or the matrix or whatever are doing this to us, but it wouldn't be that level. It would be much more like, you know, the powers that be 1%, et cetera, maybe creating this whole idea of like, I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole that I don't know a lot about yet, but I've been learning a lot about, um, you know, for instance, being a US citizen instead of being a citizen of America or not a citizen at all. This whole idea of, you know, being a uh, essentially public servant for the District of Columbia, which is what U.S. citizen actually means, right? I don't know how deep down this rabbit hole you've I, gone, but I, I, I got somebody to connect you with. Yeah, I got somebody yeah, and, to connect you with. Yep, dude. So, so again, like you know, maybe it's an analogy of like, hey, literally, they're saying this, but they're like, use your imagination to think about where this applies in other aspects of your life. Like, no, of course, if aliens or these extremely intelligent beings are coming here, no, they wouldn't literally use us for energy. But where are you being used for your energy in this realm that people would need your energy, right? So that, I think, might have some legs to it, too. And I don't know the answer yet, but I'm definitely going to give this more thought. Now, my next cannabis meditation, this is what I'm going to make my intention, is like, let me see what's there and dive into that. And I think everyone listening should, too. Let's let's come together and talk about this. <laughs> that will be fun. And then we'll do like an expansive insider and stuff. We'll get everybody that wants yes. to. You just write in and I'll, we'll send you a Zoom link and we'll hang out together. And we'll all just talk shit about this. This, yes. this is fascinating because it's that's what this is all about. It's inspiring critical thinking. You know, that's what this yes. all does is because just like what you said, even this conversation here is now 
shine the light on that there are so many other levels to this, which I already knew, but you shined another light. You're like, yes, and, and you moved my flashlight over just a little bit. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. So it, it has this like sub-level even to that to where it is, it's self-reflective. It's what's out there is really a mirror of what you need to see or hear or what you're wanting to interact with. It gets, if you choose to view it that way, which I absolutely do because it's a fun thing and I've, oh. I, it constantly keeps reinforcing itself. Dude, I think I've got it. Well, I've got a theory anyway. Please, right? So what have we been talking about this whole time, right? How people are living from other people's belief systems, how it's either or. Why is it either or? Because they're being told it's either or, right? So we have all of these things, right? We go to school, which was made from Rockefeller to create factory workers, right? Everything at a certain point, what is waking up? In the matrix, it's waking up to a simulation. In this world, it might not be literally waking up to a simulation, but realizing that like, who am I really? What do I believe past like what my parents taught me, what society says, all this influence I'm getting, right? And so again, what if they're there, they are, t- we really are taking our own energy and giving it away based on the subconscious programming, the malware and the viruses that essentially we have operating in us and we don't even know it. And what if the waking up point is maybe when we do a psychedelic or have a uh, esoteric experience or something when we realize like, oh my God, I am actually not who I thought I was. I am not Brandon. I'm not Ryan. I'm actually much deeper than that. I was alive far before I decided to come down here and incarnate in a physical form, right? So I think that might be, at least in this second, the closest I can get to a theory that makes logical sense for me and also gives me a gut feeling of like, hmm, that's an interesting you know, point. And like you said, this is great because it spawns critical thinking. And there honestly isn't one right answer, like everything we've been saying, right? It's subjective. But again, I think people are related to what, what is most relevant for them. For me, I'm always very aware of like, hey, I don't know what I don't know still, right? I've done a lot of work on myself. I'm continuing to do all of my self-development and my spiritual development. But like who I thought, what I thought I knew a year ago is totally different from what I know now. So what will happen another year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? So maybe this is my soul communicating and going, continue looking because you're still having your energy taken in certain ways. Who knows, right? But this is very interesting. I love this theory. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I love it as well. And it really works with what we're talking about. And it, it, you could scale it to this model because then you could say that whenever they're in the matrix, just like when we're a, like you and I, we live magical fucking lives, dude, but we've Fuck yeah. tailored it to that way. We, yeah. That's just the way it is. Like it's fucking magic. But to us, we look like Neo in the Matrix when we're doing backflips and flying all over the place because things just are popping out their magic, right? But we're aware and unplugged from the fact that we're restricted, which is all the Matrix is a metaphor for, right? It's restriction. Exactly. Uh, it's confining to a system to appease these lower base desires in you, which were fed to you. You know, you, mm-hmm. you were told that this is what you want. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then you think about the matrix as a louche farm rather than just a bioelectric or strictly a bioelectric thing. It could be like what some people think the pyramids were. It's yes. And it's a, they were power plants and chemical manufacturing and um, a map of uh, intelligence to show geometry and astronomy and all sorts of things. So they were yes. And, and maybe Mm. that's what this is as well. It's just a big like, yes. And also you can, this it's, it's fascinating, man. And yeah, I love this uh, theory. Dude, it's fun. And And dude, I was just oh, going to close you? it by saying uh, then then it's more of like the energetic component to it is what they draw out of you by what you're experiencing has an energetic component to them for draw off of. So let's say for some reason, the machine just loves it when you're scared like crazy, like the machine just goes really, really far. And let's say we they are in this thing on a ship that's going somewhere and maybe they got to make up some time. Maybe there's something... You know, maybe this is like the coal on the fire of a steam engine, you know, on the in the mm. cartoons and they're shoveling coal on it to make it go quicker. Maybe it's yes. like this energetic thing to where it's way beyond, like I said, they're not strictly limited to bioelectric. It's energetic as well. And maybe this like low base energy and it's just it powers the shit out of things, you know, maybe I don't. it's just an interesting kind of way to look at it. Well, dude, and you know what I was going to say to bring it all back to is like, what is the best part of this that we don't know? There's yeah. mystery, right? Remember, we were talking before about how, like, I think one of the biggest thirst traps within the matrix is that we need to know things that if we understand something intellectually, we now know it. Right. And I always use the analogy, too, of like you can read about what an apple is. You can understand its texture. You can understand its components. You can understand the different types. But if you really want to know what an apple is, nothing will teach you what an apple is more and better than being able to actually eat an apple. Right. So I think we live in a world where we have replaced experience for intellect. 
And again, intellect is great to back up experience. You eat an apple and you go, oh my God, why do I love this so much? And then you go dive into the books and you figure out like, oh my God, I, oh, pectin, you know, or whatever. Oh my God, all these different varieties, like Honeycrisp or, you know, whatever it is, right? So at the end of the day, you know, it's like these kind of things. It's like, it's almost like we're the backwards man, you know, and like uh, Freddie got fingered, the backwards man. (laughs) It's like, we're doing everything backwards. backwards, Like, what's happening? I can can walk walk backwards back as you you can, can, you know? (laughs) Dude, so funny, man. I just had a Honeycrisp apple with peanut butter uh, before we did this thing for lunch. That's what I had. And it's (laughs) like specifically an apple, specifically Honeycrisp. That's crazy. I mean, I just bought like seven of of them and I, I use nut butter for them all the time, dude. What is better? Like I always tell people like not to go on another side quest here, but we're going. So go on them. It's like, yeah, let's just go. This forest is full of paths and we we walk them all, man. I always tell everyone who's getting into health. I'm like, have you ever had an apple with like nut butter? Like it's fucking awesome. Like fuck off Skittles. Like they got nothing on this. You know what I mean? Like fruit is nature Skittles, you know? And that's like, I love eating fruit and these kind of things because again, they're so fucking good and they're good for you, depending on, of course, everyone's got individual biochemistry and, you know, systems. But, you know, to bring it back into the other thing we we're talking about, too, like I see the most obvious connection of the matrix being that, like, again, if we look into this theory of like the U.S. citizen, right, how you're essentially a slave, right, and how the 14th Amendment didn't actually do away with slavery, it just made everyone a slave. And we dive into this stuff like what you really think is like, OK, well, we're going to work a job. We're then paying taxes. The IRS has failed their audit for a fifth year in a row. So where's that money going? What happened to the Federal Reserve when we got taken off the gold standard? Where did all the gold go, right? So we're essentially feeding money into this thing. And we just think this is the way it is, right? And I recently became aware of a guy that I will gladly pass on because he's fucking hilarious. Um, His name is Brandon Joe Williams. I got him him before. I got him book coming on. uh, I'm going to say two weeks, dude. I connected with Rebecca. And yes, I've got Brandon and the um, uh, owner of uh, their thing coming on, too. How great. That was the I wrote down right here to have you connected with him. This is how this works. I would love I would love to connect (laughs) him because I've I've been checking out his course. That dude is fucking hysterical. He's got a whole course called the Contract Killer Course. He's got a site called onestupidfuck.com. And it is like (laughs) the funniest shit you will ever see. But it's extremely powerful. Like, I can't wait. He's got a comedy to him that is it's it's really funny. Yet at the same time, it'll this will fuck you up. If you're I imagine no one listening to your show is that deep in the matrix still. But if you are, this will fuck you up because he literally brings you through the whole process. And I've had many friends go through this. This isn't like some woo woo stuff I'm talking about that I just came out with. Like this is something that is very easy to look into and find some interesting things. And so when you start really looking into what being a U.S. citizen means and looking into on the opposite scale, what a state national is, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And so if you're so plugged in that you have no awareness of any of this stuff and you're just working a job and you're getting your taxes taken and all these things, is that kind of similar to the matrix, right? And what they're talking about, obviously they're giving an analogy because Hollywood, they they couldn't come up with a movie and actually say, what's really going on. So this is just my personal theory. I don't know the answer, I love it. but I love it. But this is a theory where like if they wanted to put something in plain sight, what is what is the final card in the tarot deck? The jester. Why is the jester above the king or whatever? Because the jester was the one who was cunning enough to make fun of the king and the king wouldn't know it, right? So he wouldn't get beheaded. So again, they're playing the jester archetype here where they're putting everything in plain sight, but unless you have eyes to see it, it will not be seen, right? And I'm sure there's many ways to see it depending on how you choose to see it, but it's a theme. It's almost like an archetype, right? Of like, we feel that. That's why the Matrix was so popular because all of us went, oh man, I feel that. Like I know that that particular version of it is probably not real, but there's a theme there that feels like it's, thousands of years old or thousands of lifetimes old within me of this like you know i am all powerful we are all all powerful and yet certain people take advantage of that put us under spells right aka from words and then we are essentially are asleep and when we are asleep we're easily controllable because we're going off of our lower desires and things like divide and conquer right put sport teams against each other political teams against each other make them so distracted that they have no eyes to see anything else with, right? Make them feel like their lives need to be so full that they never think to have empty space in their life because all their worth is based on is being a productive member of society, not a soul having a human experience. 
Very interesting shit, man. Beautiful. And we're right here with you. Uh, I've already written down as well to hook you up with Brian Vecchio and Mark, uh, Mark Malone. They're um, guys that do oh, yeah. America 21. Are you oh, familiar sick. with you? Then Jordan Maxwell, you're very familiar with Santos, but yes. all those guys. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. At Jordan Maxwell, we had, I believe we were his last interview. He passed away one month to the day wow. after we recorded it. Yeah. And wow. then um, same thing, Santos Bonacci came on with a good buddy of mine, Jay Hennehan. So we were all about this. And I already have Brandon Book to come on in two weeks from now, dude. How It makes My complete God. sense, though, right? Yeah. Uh, so speaking of segues, the thing about cannabis is, is that it comes back to this quieting of the, the, the noise for me. And this allows me to connect back to myself, which allows me to be the most me that I've ever been. And this is why mm-hmm. I have such a wonderful relationship with Mary Jane, Mary, sweet Mary Jane. <laughs> Uh, she's like a, a friend, an ally. You know, it's his, his ally, like uh, Carlos Castaneda talks about with Don Juan talks about Mescalito yes. and stuff. And it's that's how I view her. And she has always been there. I mean, it's been this amazing thing that it's like my grandma or so, like a better, like a friend or a sister, like a goddess. Like you, I've I've had a strong connection with her for a while now, uh, since since we connected actually. And it's always been something that allows me to just quiet the noise out, especially within my own mind with even the stuff I've loved doing. Like I've got a sticky note up here that just reads slow down because a lot of times I just need to take, cause it's so, cause again, Ryan, you and I have these lives where it's just magic, 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 magic. So you're just like, okay, I need, I'm slowing down. It can get too much. And cannabis, uh, she helps me with that. Like tremendously. It's a friend I take with me every, almost everywhere I go. Not, you know, everywhere, but you understand. hundred percent. It's, it's just the connection has been so valuable for me to do the real work, which just quieted things down so I could see it for what it is. That voice is always in you. It's just the volume on it's so low that you've got to quiet things out to hear it, to be able to receive it. Now that volume amplifies because the trade-off is in the dissonance, right? But yes. to get to that point, cannabis and I have um, just had a, such a remarkable, beautiful relationship because of it. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful she's here, man. Oh, dude, I totally agree with that. I always talk about these two different voices as one being a wise grandmother or grandfather that speaks very slowly and very soft. But if you listen, there is so much wisdom in it. And the other one is like a rebellious teenager who's got Pantera yeah. or Metallica playing. Fuck you, like, Dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like all this stuff, which again, it can be funny, right? But at the end of the day, right, until we allow the metaphorical snow globe that is us to settle, we don't actually get to see what's in the snow globe. And when you're younger, right, and by younger, I don't necessarily mean in the years, but like when you're unaware of how beautiful the image in the snow globe is, you'll just keep shaking it up because you want to see action, right? Yeah. But really the most beautiful thing I found in life is a lack of action, right? Being able to fully be present. Because again, what I always say is our heart and soul must come before our action. Because if not, how do we know that we're in aligned action, right? Like what I like to do every morning is I have a two hour block on my calendar for inner work. And normally it looks like meditating 30 minutes, then getting into my mystery school rituals and calling upon everything that I'm looking to manifest then doing some beautiful breath work in the sun and then speaking my affirmations and just being with myself, right? No social media, nothing, right? Then I'm able to tap into my heart, look at like everything I'm doing in my life and then go, oh my God, that's what I want to do. And now I can put my mind into action. How do we make that happen in this realm? And my mind goes, we got it, right? And we start making it happen. But if we just wake up and immediately get into our phones and things that I used to do for years, it's just like, again, it's like, It's putting the cart before the horse, right? And it's no wonder when we look around why so many people are having dark nights of the soul, midlife crises. It's when all of a sudden something happens where all of a sudden that other voice clicks in, that voice of the soul, the heart, et cetera, and helps you realize like, fuck, I don't even know who I am. And if I don't know who I am, I definitely don't know what I should be doing. And all the things I am doing, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I might not even want to be married to the person I'm married to. How the fuck did all this happen, right? So again, like, it's not that cannabis is necessary for this, but it can be the best, in my opinion, tool to remind us of these things. And let's face it, dude, we live in a very interesting age where we've never been this busy before. We've never been this distracted, right? And all of these things. And so I found that, again, cannabis can be such an amazing ally for so many things. I mean, it's almost wild how many things you can cure your own cancer with it, which for anyone who hasn't heard that before, look on PubMed, there are studies out on this. I didn't make this up. I helped my dad through end of life with it. I've helped people cure their own cancer with it. You can do spiritual development with it. You can have emotional awareness. It can literally help physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. And it's been track record of over 10,000 years co-evolving in human beings. So it's just like the amount of evidence for me, not to mention the fucking feeling I get, because that's all that really matters. I don't care about anything I learn about it. It's the feeling I get from it is that this plan is here to help me. And for the other people that feel that call, 
please reach out. Like it is so much fun to be able to connect with other people and hear these experiences, hear how the plant has helped you, hear how you view the plant, the analogies, the metaphors, and all these things. It's fucking beautiful, man. Dude. 100%. God. And we talked about some of the, uh, your father's story in the first episode, which again, guys, linked below. Uh, it was just incredible, man. Absolutely mm. incredible. Heartwarming. Yeah, I mean, man. it was, it was beautiful. And it's, it's just, again, the respect and reverence you have for life itself. And so any mm. tool you use, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to yeah. just, it's beautiful the way you yeah, alchemize yeah, anything. Yeah. And it's awesome. And you're giving us permission to utilize one of the most important allies here. And that's really, I mean, beyond a tool. Yes, it can be absolutely that, but an ally can be a tool, but my God, I mean, th that relationship is so interesting and it's so natural, which is the best part to this. They're like white little pill that was created, I don't know, fuck all where, or this thing that Ryan can show me how to grow <laughs> and cultivate on my own with intention and put the seeds in your mouth and all those things, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure, do we cover everything that we wanted to about the uh, what you got going? All of it's going to be linked Dude, below. 100%. Yeah, all people have to do to sign up for the wait list. We're going to be launching this June 15th. We have a fucking crazy deal that is honestly just silly. Um, and so this is for the waitlist only. So go to highlyoptimized.me. You can apply for the waitlist right there. And I hope to see you there. It's it's absolutely amazing. And you know what I'll say in closing too is drop the shame and guilt around cannabis. It is not serving you whatsoever. Do not allow anyone to tell you what cannabis is. If you know this plant helps you, yet maybe you've also fallen into like, eh, well, sometimes I do use it way too frequently, these kind of things. None of us ever got a user manual for it, right? So that's what we've sought to create is the user manual, right? For a very practical look, at a very incredibly spiritual medicine that remind us of who and what we truly are and allow our entire lives to become that psychedelic experience we want it to be. The real Ryan Sprague and all the ways to find him located down below. Y'all check him out for sure, brother. I can't thank you enough. It's a magical experience every damn time. We got so much more to talk about. More Matrix oh, theories yeah. coming as well. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Brandon, you're the fucking man, dude. Thanks for charging my battery. Thank you to all the listeners. Love you guys and hope to see you in the collective. Woo! Shout out to Awesomeness. Of course, go to our brother Ryan Sprague there. Check out his Conscious Cannabis Collective located down in the show description and all the other ways to find him. Thank you, brother. Looking forward to all the other conversations, dude. You're a treasure to this motherfucker and you know that. All the other ways to find our affiliate links are located down there as well. Make sure you guys check these things out. We got Food Forced Abundance. Free yourself from that nonsense, guys. Also, Opus, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. Also, if you were just stuck with it, you're done, you're done with the stagnancy, the Manifestor's Guide has absolutely got you for your level up. That's what did it for me, so that's why I recommend it, and I love Dewey to death, so there you go. Another thing to talk about is Coherent Spaces. There is a WISH unit, which is the World Integrity Space Harmonizer that is running on all of these shows now. It balances all the energies and spaces. I'm sure you guys can feel it. Uh, guests have commented on it. So all of that located down in the show description if you want to get one of your own. Thank you again, Dr. Doug Matsky, for that. As well, if you want to support in the t-shirt arena, we have new t-shirts all the time, guys. Go check those things out. They're a lot of fun. If you have any suggestions, the Lizard Turd one was actually a suggestion by a listener. So I'm very grateful for that. Threw that thing together and boom, pow, there you go. Now, all the other things as well, if you want to get access to the premium content, the exclusive stuff, that's the Expansive Insider. We have a badass question and answer thing going on to where we hear a presentation. We've had Jose Miguel Perez Gomez do one, as well as we have Matthew Smith coming on today, actually, when this is being released. So you guys absolutely sign up, get access to those things and check that out. Uh, what else is there? Um, I'm thinking that's it. I think that's enough, right? Y'all have heard enough of my voice on this one. So... Let's do one more little bit here and we'll turn you loose for this bit and you know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say go out into this incredibly beautiful and amazingly mysterious whatever the fuck and y'all be nice to everybody you come across. Pick up a piece of litter if you happen to see that blowing around in the wind there. Go the extra mile if you're feeling fancy and buy somebody in line a coffee or a meal or something like that around you. It just it makes a massive ripple effect in the coolest fucking way so take yourself up on that if it aligns. As well, uh, get out of the left-hand lane. Uh, if you got somebody behind you wanting to pass, we're always grateful for that. And of course, beyond anything else and above all, go out into this incredibly beautiful and mysterious and amazing, whatever the fuck this is, guys. And y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for watching, listening, engaging, and just being the coolest, coolest sons of bitches ever. We'll see you next time.